online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms all in one place. If you are a guest, please click on the menu item for first-time guest. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, after worship, we'll have the Enter the Village class in the Annex at 11, and at 12, the Teague Village group will meet in the church house. Other important dates to remember are corporate prayer at 7 p.m. on this Wednesday, January 11th. Also, very important, save the date for the chili cook-off coming February 12th. I have never experienced this since we are new, and I've heard wonderful things, so I'm very excited. More details and sign-up will come later, and we welcome Amos Williams back to our pulpit today. These are your announcements. Govern yourselves accordingly. Well, good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We are going to um, share a song with you this morning. It will be new to many of you, I think. But for others, it may be an oldie but a goodie because it may be something that is part of your personal, um, personal arsenal of music and you know, let me get my mind right. Song, um, but it is taken from a song. I believe it's Psalm 51. You can correct me after service if I'm quoting the wrong passage. But for Psalm 51, where David um, is making confession, um, confessing to the Lord his sin and asking God to create in him a clean heart and renew the right spirit within him. And that's what this song is taken. It's lifted straight from the scripture which I love. And so let's just sing this song um, as a prayer and a meditation um, to the Lord this morning as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
worship. It uh, is taken from Psalm 130, verses 5 through 7a. Please join with me where it says, um, where it says, people. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Amen. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquity. We will sing, 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 
and make music with the heavens. We will sing, sing, sing. Grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise. Lift high the name of Jesus. Lift high the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? We will sing, amen, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We want him to be exalted today in this place. change this key if I'm going to finish the song. Amen. We're going to lower that key. <laughs> the singers in the room understand what I'm saying. You can't start out here. You have nowhere to go. <laughs> Just path, 
kept the law on our behalf, be exalted. Jesus, prophet, priest, and king, conquered death, removed its sting. Now in Christ we love to sing, be exalted as your people proclaim, Lord, you are the Holy One, the light of your presence leaves sinners undone, but cold in the righteousness of your Son, in love you bid us to come, be exalted, justified by faith alone. Guiltless now before your throne, save to make your glory known. Be exalted. Spirit, help us. Spirit, help us to obey. As we now await the day when our King returns, we'll sing. Be exalted as your people proclaim, Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. Uh, we need to give a clap of hand for our musicians once more again. One more time. We have Soter on the keys. Where Chris Dawson was up here on the drums. And we got Patience on the vocals. Uh, a lot of people don't know what goes into doing this, um, putting these guys together. But, I mean, that was a wonderful, wonderful song. Wonderful song. It was very intimate for me. Um, guys, I'm up here to do the prayer of praise, so I have a lot to be thankful for this morning, as we all do. Let us go before the Lord. Father God, thank you so much for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, that you're gracious, you're merciful. You see past our faults and see our needs. We're thankful, Lord, that, Lord, you are cure of all our diseases. You are our healer of our mind, our body, our hearts, and our soul. Thank you, Lord, that we have a place that you have created for us to come worship you and lift your name on high. Thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity to serve the all-knowing God. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence in our heart, Lord. We, can, we can't even find our own way, Lord. You are a light to us, a beacon for us. Lord, you are that star, Lord, that we know how to find our new direction back to you. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die for us. I don't know no man who's going to climb inside another person's womb for nine months and do that being a king, being the Lord of the universe, the maker of the stars, and the one who says that all the stars are there. 
and he's numbered them, and he can, he's counted the dust of the earth. He held the hollows of the waters in his hand, says Psalms. Lord, you're gracious, you're merciful, Lord, to people who don't even deserve it. Lord, we deserve death, but Lord, you gave us life and that more abundantly through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for your church that you're building and that you're establishing. We thank you for the village church, Lord. We thank you for the leadership. We thank you, Lord God, that we got a pastor, Lord, who desires to know you and know you more and desire for the people in this community to know you and know you more. We thank you, Lord, for his sacrifice. I watched him. I got to put my eyes on him personally, Lord. We, we know only you can build a man, and you have built the men in this church, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you continue to search our hearts, all the men in this church. Lord, that you remove all things that are not like you. Help us to be men, Lord God, that would honor you and uphold your name, Lord. We hold up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ, Lord, that we would not profane, we would not profane your name, Lord, but the world would know it because you are lifted up and you are lifted up high. Lord, we're thankful, Lord God, that you have given us men, Lord, that will lead this church. I'm thanking you for Richard. I'm thanking you for uh, Pastor Alex. I'm thanking you for all the deacons, Lord, who step in, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you are raising up new men as we will have this election soon, Lord, to have others who will come and serve you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray the Lord, you'll speak to their hearts, Lord, and let them move, Lord, in your name and not in their own. Lord, as we look for elders, as we look for deacons, as we look for deacon assistants, as we look for all that are going to be um, coming up soon, Lord. We pray that you will raise up your people up, Lord, to serve. Lord, we also pray, Lord, that we be men of our household, that we will govern ourselves well, Lord God, that we will be men that will represent our families well. Lord, that you will teach us how to lead. Lord, it's a lot we just do not know for many reasons. But, Lord, we know that we got the greatest leader of all time who showed us how to sacrifice, how to love in spite of when people don't deserve it, because that's what love is, giving to someone what they don't deserve. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for our wives. We thank you, Lord God, for the women in this room who serve you as well. We don't leave anyone out. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for our children. Lord, I pray that you would circumcise their heart, cut back forth the foreskin, Lord, that anything that's unclean and not like you, Lord, point them to you, Lord. There's, I pray that there's never day that our children don't know your name. That your name ring aloud when they're about to fall into sin. That your Holy Spirit, Lord, if you don't do it, it just will not get done. So we thank you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit does rest, rule, and abide. And Lord, I don't mean to carry on like as an unbeliever as I pray, but Lord, there's a lot to be thankful for. Lord, you caused the, you caused the rain to replenish the earth so we got water to drink. We complain about the raindrops, but Lord, I thank you for the water. Lord, we complain about the rain, but I thank you for the crops. Lord, we complain about a lot of things, but Lord, you're working everything out for our good. And your words say, Lord, when your children pray, you lean in just a little bit closer. But the question is, do we truly believe it when we pray? Sometimes we consider prayer just a mundane thing that we just got to check the box and get through. But Lord, do we believe that you hear us and that you will move on in a mighty way? So Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will move in this church. I pray for my man, Amos, Lord, that I pray that his day was, his week has been special, that he's been aiming high. Lord God, I pray the Lord that his eyes have been fixed on you and not on anything else. I pray that as he come, that he come and he preach this word with power and, and that he's mighty and he does it in your Holy Spirit. I pray that he know that he had the same Holy Spirit that resurrected your body to the heavens. So he come in confident, boldly, and with much conviction. Lord, I thank you for the people in this community. I pray the Lord God for the ones who are sick and shut in. I pray for the ones who don't know you. I pray for all the illnesses. That Lord, that they would know that you are their cure. Physically and spiritually. Lord, I pray and I ask all these things in your son's name. In his name only. 
Amen. Amen. Um, I'm so motivated to get up here that I left my program. But Amos, you are a blessing to me. Um, now, friends, we will have our <laughs> our confession of sin. That's going to come from Colossians chapter three, verses five through six. Put to death, therefore, what is in, is earthly in you: sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is adultery. On accounts of these, of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now let us reflect on our, on our uh, confessions, the things that we should have gone before the Lord over the week. Let us reflect. As always, our God is faithful and just to cleanse of all of unrighteousness. We lay everything at his feet. We have a pardon of, of uh, assurance of pardon from Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands <clears throat> this he set aside nailing it to the cross amen 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 now we have scripture reading by miss emma Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like the sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest so to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So um, this upcoming week, we have prayer on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The topic is going to be foster and adoption. So um, if that's something that's on your heart, like please come out on Wednesday at the church or on Zoom, and that will be our corporate prayer. Um, and I'm really excited about it. So please join us. <laughs> All right. And now we're going to go into prayer of supplication. Like your word says, Lord, you are a healer. You are a God that cares for his people. Pray, Lord, that you will meet us where we are this week and help us heal, help us to have the intelligence within ourselves. Show us like where we're in pain, where we're hurting, so that we may lay it at your feet and the Spirit can move in us. Because you hear every word we say, you hear our prayers, you know our thoughts, you know us better than we know ourselves. I pray that um, you'll be with 
your sermon this week, that it will resonate with us and help us to know you better for who you are and not the box we try to put you in. Pray, Lord, that you will help us apply these words to our lives and to our understandings. And in your name, amen. to be back home. Uh, I see some faces that may not know who I am, so I'll give a somewhat brief introduction uh, of who I am. Uh, My name's Amos. I kind of still technically serve as one of the pastors here. It's a technicality, so you can ask me about that uh, after the gathering. Uh, but yeah, I used to serve as the, as the small group and uh, outreach coordinator and assistant pastor here at the Village Church. And so I'm so excited to be back with you all this morning. Uh, so if you all don't remember, you all were uh, responsible for sending me out to plant a church. And so in Madison, Alabama, on the south side of Madison, we are now uh, in the process of planting the Hope City Church. And my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that none of what we are doing currently would be possible uh, without your help and without your support. So uh, from the depths of my heart, I cannot thank you all enough. Uh, first of all, for allowing uh, me to use you all as my guinea pigs for about eight years. Uh, but then also uh, for uh, the prayers, the conversations uh just everything that you all have uh done for us and uh a couple a couple months ago uh there were uh some folk who came to help um Hope City Church as we were serving out in the community and we made some shirts for our church and I told uh the people who served us uh that they would get a shirt if they came to help serve us so we have your shirts on today oh you 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 want me to put them on camera okay all right so it says hope is here and then on the back it says be the hope which those two uh, short phrases are kind of a part of the vision and mission of what we're trying to do at hope city church Because as believers, we should be the most hopeful people in all the world. And so when we walk into a room, when we walk into a gathering space, wherever we are, we bring hope with us because we have the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So it is incumbent upon us to then be the hope uh, that people need to see in a hopeless world. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, and we're going to be looking at verses 
35 through 38. That is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, this is your time. If you don't move, nothing will happen. So, Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me and that through these words, through your word, that people would be called to faith and repentance in light of the truth of your gospel. So right now in this moment, we ask that you would speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Speak, O Lord. Amen. Can y'all hear me okay? All right, it's okay. I'm going to, as best I can, project. In the back, can y'all hear me? All right, I see heads shaking, so that's good. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, we're on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. My brothers and sisters, TVC saints, we have a problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem nonetheless. Some of you may remember that at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, potato farmers found themselves in a bit of a dilemma. Due to the pandemic, potato farmers had a massive surplus of potatoes that were deemed useless and simply had to be thrown away. When the virus caused restaurants and hotels to close down, all of these potatoes that were headed toward food services had nowhere to go. It had a chain effect down to its processors and its growers, which trapped 1.5 billion pounds of potatoes in the supply chain. Now, farmers gave away millions of potatoes for free, but millions more simply had to be destroyed. Interestingly enough, all of this was happening during a food shortage. Y'all remember all this? Y'all remember two weeks to stop the spread? Goodness. There was also 
a wing shortage at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember walking into a wing spot. This is a, it's a wing joint. I'm not going to say which one it was. There was a wing joint. I walked into the place to get wings, and they were serving everything else but wings. Early in the pandemic, when things started to open back up, like I said, I walked into the joint, and they didn't have anything Uh, They had everything except wings. But with our potato farmers, all of those extra potatoes were out there ready to be used. But since the supply chain was dramatically impacted, there was no one there to properly harvest, process or distribute them. My brothers and sisters, we have a problem. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Leading into our passage, Jesus has been traveling throughout the region of Galilee and he was doing things that only God can do. Because just in case you didn't know, just in case you didn't get the memo, Jesus is God. So earlier in our chapter, in chapter nine, Jesus told a paralyzed man, hey, get up and walk. He healed a woman who had an unstoppable loss of blood. He told a little girl who was dead that she did not have his permission to be dead anymore. So he grabbed her by the hand and she she came back to life. Jesus told two blind men that it's time to see. He told a man who couldn't talk that it It's time to talk. Now, some responded to Jesus doing these miraculous things by praising God. But others, like the Pharisees, questioned the legitimacy of Jesus's miracles and even accused him of being able to cast out demons by the prince of demons. Verse 33 of this chapter tells us that Jesus was unlike anything that anyone had ever seen Before This is because Jesus is no ordinary man. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is truly man. He was truly a man. He had flesh and bone just like you and I. But Jesus is also truly God. And Jesus' divine authority is displayed in this chapter in verses 2 through 8 when he forgives the sins of the paralyzed man. Now, my brothers and sisters, your understanding and what you will do with the rest of this passage depends on what you believe about Jesus Christ. Who do you believe Jesus to be? Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a great teacher who lived a long time ago? Was he just a Jewish rebel or a Jewish revolutionary? Because if that's all Jesus is to you, then this this passage will have little to no meaning to you. And if that's where you are right now, I've already prayed for you. And I'm praying that the spirit of God would be at work to call you to faith and repentance. Because the Lord Jesus is more than just a political philosopher. He's more than just a political revolutionary. Jesus is God. And my brothers and sisters, if Jesus is God, then that means he should be the Lord of your life. 
verse 35 tells us, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 35 summarizes Jesus' activities in the region of Galilee. And we see Jesus doing four things, four things in particular. Jesus was going throughout the region of Galilee. Secondly, he was teaching in their synagogues. Thirdly, he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And then fourth, he was healing every disease and every affliction. Jesus' activities here should sound familiar to us who know the word of God because it closely parallels Jesus' great commission to his disciples in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Uh, The great commission tells us to go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded us and behold, He will be with us always to the end of the age. So this parallel shows us that Jesus is not asking you and I to do something that he hasn't already done. One day, I'm about to tell on myself. One day, a couple years, a couple years back, my son and I, it was all of our family. We were sitting at the table eating dinner and I can't remember exactly what we were eating but we were eating something delicious like brussels sprouts and so uh, when i was done i raked my excess food into the trash and then i came back to join my family at the table so i sat down and i watched one of my sons use his fork to kind of push his green leafy vegetables all over the all over the plate and so I sat there and I watched him procrastinate and he and it just it started to tick me off. And so finally I had enough. And so I looked at my son and my son, which one this is, will remain remain nameless. But I looked at him. I said, hey, son, finish your vegetables. And with the sweetest, most innocent, most sincere most soul crushing response ever. He said to me, but you didn't finish yours. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus is not like me. He doesn't tell you to do something that he has not already done himself. Not only has the Lord Jesus already done it, but he goes with us. As we are living out his calling as his children, you may not be called to be a preacher or teacher of the gospel, uh, but your preaching or your teaching may be sharing your testimony about how the Lord Jesus has changed your life through the power of the gospel. Your teaching and preaching may be uh, answering your neighbor's questions about the Christian faith. You may not have the supernatural ability uh, to heal people in your hand, uh, but your healing may be sharing a meal that you prepared with love uh, for someone and being a shoulder to cry on. Because whatever and 
whomever the Lord is calling you to always remember that the Lord Jesus goes with you and that he has gone before you. So, my brothers and sisters, we all can take comfort in the fact that the results are not up to us. And that it does not depend on our efforts. I'm in verse number 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. If you ever wanted to know if Jesus's heart was ever broken, here's a passage that you can turn to. Where the ESV translation says Jesus had compassion for them. It can also be translated that Jesus had pity for them. So Jesus looks around at the crowds and he sees brokenness. He looks around and he sees sickness and disease and poverty. My brothers and sisters, take a moment to put yourself in this setting. Can you use your sanctified imagination for a second? Can you imagine the commotion that would have been surrounding Jesus Uh, when the Gospel of Luke talks about this very same episode? It adds that the crowds pressed in around the Lord Jesus. So can you imagine that as the people are pressing around Jesus, there was a great commotion? Could you imagine the disease? Could you imagine the smell? Could you imagine the environment that Jesus was in? People were pressing toward the Lord Jesus because they knew that this may have been their only shot at being healed, at being set free from the bondage that was binding them. Can you imagine the desperation when the text says that the people were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? This can be understood as abuse and neglect. This can be understood as abuse and neglect. These people weren't the people who were at the top of the social structures. Uh, These people had been taken advantage of and they had been abandoned. And Jesus looks out at at the crowds and he recognizes the abuse and the neglect. And my brothers and sisters, make no mistake, verse 36 is also serving as an indictment toward religious leaders. Because it is their abuse and their neglect which has left these people in the condition that they are in. Also want you to recognize something that convicted me and I had to repent as I was exegeting this text. Jesus did not approach serving these people with an attitude of suspicion. He served them with love and care because they had already suffered enough abuse and neglect from the religious leaders who were supposed to serve And protect them. Now, my brothers and sisters, I love a good book just like anybody else. But even some of the best 
books written by strong, faithful people of the Christian faith, some of the best books written on serving the poor and marginalized have caused the church to help people with a disposition of suspicion rather than one of love and soul care. So, my brothers and sisters, let's be like Jesus. Let's love like Jesus. Let's serve people like Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. It is wise and necessary to ask people questions while serving them. But again, my brothers and sisters, let's not serve with suspicion. Let's serve with compassion because there are people out here in this broken world who are dealing with real hurt and real trauma that only the love of God the Father can heal. I'll move on. Verses 37 and 38. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. My brothers and sisters, with my sanctified imagination, I can Picture Jesus serving these crowds of needy people with tears in his in his eyes. I can imagine the pain that he feels as he sees how these crowds of people are depressed and overwhelmed. Then our Lord Jesus, he looks at his disciples and he helps them to understand the magnitude of the moment. He wants them to understand the desperation of the moment. Because all of this oppression, all of this brokenness that we see right here in this text. Is only for one small region in one small nation of Israel. Now imagine the need of the entire world. This part of the passage has an eye toward mercy and serving because verse 35 tells us that Jesus was serving the crowds by healing them and by uh, by healing them of every disease and every affliction. But coupled with that, the other side of the coin. With the ministry of mercy is Jesus's primary concern for their souls. Because verse 35 tells us that Jesus was also teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This passage, my brothers and sisters, is the very definition of whole, holistic soul care. Jesus serves in both word and deed. So after demonstrating soul care to his disciples, he turns to them with a heavy heart, with Tears in their eyes and he tells them, go revolt against the government. No, he doesn't. He tells them to pray. He tells them to pray earnestly or sincerely to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into his harvest. More people to serve and work in the harvest. And Jesus's words here serve a twofold purpose, twofold purpose. Jesus wants us to pray that God would 
send out new laborers to join in the harvest. That means that laborers would need to be discipled. They would need to be raised up. But it also serves the purpose, our prayers, to light a spark in the laborers who are not doing the work. Here's the great thing about this. The great thing about this harvest is that everyone who comes in as a result of the harvest becomes a laborer. And the idea is that this is God's harvest and he already knows who the laborers are. Currently, in certain sectors of the marketplace, there are labor shortages. Uh, the labor shortage is particularly severe in the service industry. It's impacting hotels, retail chains, and restaurants. Is Chris in here right now? All right, good. So he won't hear this. I never thought that I'd see the day when Chick-fil-A had poor customer service. Never thought I'd see it. But because there's a labor shortage, there is a limited availability of laborers in the marketplace. When there is a shortage of quality workers, things fall through the cracks. Compromises may be made in order to make do with the resources that are available. So there's the redemption for Chick-fil-A there. But Jesus knew what was coming for the disciples, and he knew that it was going to require more laborers to come alongside them in God's mission. They couldn't on their own, the 12 of them, they couldn't continue the mission of Jesus on their own. And my brothers and sisters, we cannot do this alone. But the great thing is that we don't have to do it alone. My brothers and sisters, the spread of the gospel is not one person's responsibility. It's not one church's responsibility. The church is much bigger than the United States. It's much bigger than the PCA. The church is a historic and global body of united believers, brothers and sisters who are united by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just as Jesus asked us in this passage, I ask you now to pray. As you are going through your day, as you go throughout your week, as you serve the people who you come in contact with, pray that God would send out laborers into his harvest. Pray that your children would become laborers in the Lord's harvest. And my brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian who is not in the harvest, laboring amongst the sheep, pray that the Lord would show you how to be in the harvest. Because here's the thing. There's someone out there waiting for you to start being a laborer. Saints, we have a problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem nonetheless. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few.
Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are Lord of the harvest. You already know the number the number of laborers that you have called into your harvest. So right now in this moment, Lord, we pray that you would send out laborers into your harvest. There are so many people who have not yet heard the gospel. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would strengthen us, embolden us to be laborers. Help us to smell like sheep. Give us courage and help us to know that the results are in your hands and we can take courage in that. It is in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that I do pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me as we sing our closing song. On the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, yeah, we're standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ my Savior.
Okay, beautiful people, please receive the Lord's benediction to his beloved people. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>